What a week we've had, Beige. Take your alligator. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another. Already? Already? We haven't even. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I am your host, Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. I am wearing no makeup today. My co-host, Snoopy Bijou, is currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator, the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. But we still give him a shout-out. God knows why, but we still give him a shout-out. And we still put our Amazon affiliates link for Whimsy's Alligators down below in the description box. That's where you can find it. I am doing a solo video episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Because I've been telling you guys that I'm going to do this for a long time and I'm really making it a point to keep my word to everybody. And I know that I've been off about certain things. I never don't keep my word. That probably doesn't make sense. But I never completely don't keep my word. But sometimes I'm late on things. Like I've been saying that I was going to make it so the audio only version runs concurrent with the video version. And last week I decided to just sit down and take steps towards that. Sorry, I have something in my eye. But I decided to sit down. It's probably COVID again. But um, I decided to sit down and just go ahead and time them out so they would all release daily until we're completely caught up. So by next week, I'll be releasing them at the same time. This one will come out on audio, I believe, Friday is the way that it's scheduled right now. And I'm really happy with that progress that I'm making. I'm also really happy with Carla's homemade salsa. I've been getting that out to a bunch of different people, like people buying it. Thank you all for buying it. I know a lot of you have hit me up and been like, I'm trying Carla's homemade salsa. People on my Instagram, people on my Facebook. So people are really catching on and everybody that's tried it loves it. Today, Steve Mudflat McGrew gave it a shout out on his page, which is huge. I have a lot of friends that are really enjoying Carla's homemade salsa. I love Carla's homemade salsa. I really leaned on it hard last week because last week I was completely on it with my diet. Last week was also my first week doing my shows at the Thunderbird, which I know that I said that I'm probably not going to be doing those. I'm not going to continue with that, but it looks like there might be a chance that we are going to. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. They were very happy with the way things turned out. There were a lot of hiccups along the way, and I let everybody know that throughout the process because what people forget about me is that people sometimes think I'm coming apart on social media, but I'm not in a relationship at all. So yeah, there's people that I spend time with occasionally, I guess you could say, I don't even know that that's the case anymore. You know, really I, I, have sex with people. That's what I do. Okay. Let's just be honest about it. I have these casual sexual relationships that even those are becoming fewer and fewer because I'm bored of them. And then I'll do the grinder thing. And once in a while I'll meet somebody that I think is cool on grinder. And then I end up finding out about their life. And it's not like a snooping finding out about their life. It's just one of those things where I end up asking them about their life. They tell me more about their life. And then I'm turned off because I'm just like, Oh, well you like to party a lot or you like to do a lot of drugs and I am getting to the point where I want to settle down now and I'm not trying to force that issue but 
but at the same time, I am leaning more that way. So the way I see it is if I'm wasting a bunch of time looking at my screen instead of what's around me, I could end up missing my man because I'm staring at a screen. And also, I could be wasting time with somebody when my man is waiting for me out in the regular world. And I've been spending more time with friends that motivate me. And that, I think, is beginning to piss off haters even more because I don't allow people to have space in my life that aren't trying to see me get ahead. And especially with everything I've had going in the last couple of weeks, like the way that all played out was I was supposed to have a partner and I'm just going to talk about this and I'm not going to do edits on this video because I just want to talk about things the way that they are. And I want you guys to be able to hear them from me the way that they are. And yeah, I might say some stuff that sounds inflammatory, but I'm also over people getting mad at me for just telling the truth because really that's all I've done in any of the situations I've been involved with lately, which have all involved me directly. And that's why I'm not putting up with a lot of the extra people that are like, I don't like Ty Rivera because of this. I don't like, well, you don't know Ty Rivera. You don't really hang out with me. So to have this list of reasons that you don't like somebody that you don't know seems pretty psychotic to me. And I'm not going to pretend that that's normal behavior. And I'm not going to pretend that that's something that's going to take up a lot of space in my life. And it's the reason that I had to stop talking to even the person that I was partnering with on this whole situation with the residency. The way that it all originally originally went down was I had I am probably more loyal and more about my word than most people would guess that's one thing I'll tell you guys and sometimes it is somewhat to my detriment but in the end it always works out so it can't be too detrimental when it ends up working out but there are times that I think more about the people around me than they actually think about me. Like with this situation, I was supposed to be working with a guy named Ralph Tutella. Now, Ralph Tutella is a person that I definitely do like, did like. I don't know where I'm at with that 100%. And I'm just being honest with this because I don't know where I'm at with that. I feel like he... Yeah, you, maybe you needed to get your head straight or whatever it is because I've watched a couple of his Facebook lives that he's done where he's talked about the situation a little bit. And he doesn't say anything negative about me, which I appreciate. But really, why would you say anything negative about me? I did everything I was supposed to do. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. And so, yeah, maybe our feelings are a little bit incongruous when it comes to that because... I ended up having to do all the work that we were supposed to do together. And yeah, I made it all work in the end, but it sure would have been nice to have that help, especially when the way the situation played out is I'm probably going to give you guys a couple lessons here in stand up or the way that shows work in the Vegas area. And that is what it is. It's just part of the way that it goes down. So if you guys can catch some notes, if you're a comic that's looking to know a little bit about the way things work here then maybe you might want to get a pen and jot that down but there are a couple different kinds of residencies that happen okay so there's sometimes when you have like a celine dion and they just want her at the casino because she's going to draw so many people in and so they give her some big contract and you hear about these multi-million dollar contracts that like britney spears gets uh 
who else has gotten one? Kelly Clarkson, I think, had one for a minute. Christina Aguilera had one. Mariah Carey, uh, Elton John. So you hear about those. And then there's like the smaller ones that are also the same kind of structure, but not as high vi visibility and high priced. And then there's what's called four walling. And that's why I was very careful about the wording when I said that I had set up my own residency, because when you four wall, it's basically like you rent the space and you come up with an agreement that everybody's cool with as far as the casino or hotel with me it was a thunderbird there are several reasons that i wanted to be that wanted it to be the thunderbird and want it to be the thunderbird honestly i did used to live there back when i was working and when i was younger and i think that that's a fun part of it you know because yeah i did used to um live there when i was a whore technically i tried to live at the gold spike the, but the gold spike was like mm, it looks like you're trying to move in and i was like mm. You might be right because I always wanted to live in one of the old school hotels. I don't know why I like that so much, but I liked it. And so, you know, and I could have lived anywhere. I mean, like it wasn't one of those things where it was like you're down on your luck. So you're going to live in a motel. It wasn't like that at all. Technically, it was more expensive than renting a apartment at that time. And my credit wasn't bad. So it wasn't like, you know, oh, I can't rent an apartment. I could I ended up getting an apartment later on after I got tired of living there because the thing I don't like living in a, a about living in a hotel is that you don't have a kitchen sometimes they have a kitchenette go uh thunderbird did not have a kitchenette um thunder or excuse me gold spike if i had lived in gold spike i think if you live in a suite then it has like a kitchen but i've been in suites at the four queens and they did not have like a kitchen kitchenette so i don't know and they wouldn't let me live there so i didn't even rent a room for a night because i wanted to actually live there and so there's that part of my history that it plays into. And then there's also the Red Fox history, which is Red Fox in 76 had offended everybody and because they went to see Sanford and Son and they ended up getting Red Fox and Red Fox was super dirty. And so there was that part of it. But when we came up with the idea, well, w originally when I had the idea and I was told that I could possibly end up using that room, I know that I had been talking to Ralph Tutella about that kind of stuff. So me being the kind of person that I am, I didn't want to cut Ralph out of the idea because we had talked about that several times. When I was still getting high or on my breaks from not getting high, um, or I should say on my breaks from being sober, I would get high with Ralph and he would talk about how he wanted to do something with me. And I was always like, yeah, I'm totally down to do something with you. And so I had always kept him in mind. Same with Chris Storen. I had always kept him in mind when I was doing these things because we had talked about doing things. So originally it started off in my head where, cause you know, I mean like to be honest, I'm the one that's most likely to get a residency or figure something out. And that's just what it is. It's not being, being full of myself and I don't care what either one of those people think about me saying that because it's just a hundred percent what it is so even they know that um and so like the thing was i was like i'll always keep them in mind and so when this opportunity presented itself i did hit both of them up at different points ralph tutella was very big on it and so ralph went with me to a meeting and what they were talking about as far as rent for the space was more than I wanted to do. So I hit them with a different offer. Then they said, come in and talk to us. When I came in to talk to them, it was still a bit higher than I wanted to be at. And it was actually quite a bit higher than I wanted to be at. But Ralph was like, 
we're gonna make this happen we'll figure this out and it, like he like hyped me up right we were gonna figure it out and so i was like all right cool if you say we're gonna figure it out then we'll figure it out i know i'll do my part to figure it out so i just need you to do your part he was fully on board we went to el paso we talked a bit about it on the way to el paso we hadn't made a full decision as far as actually closing with them he's the one that picked the date that we were starting on and then he hits me with that he's got to go to do some show in Utah like the third week we're supposed to be doing it. And I was just like, how is that going to work? Because if we only have one week, that, because the way that it was supposed to work is they're already booked on, I think it's June 19th. And so we were going to have June 18th, I think is the way that it worked, or maybe the opposite. Either way, one of those days, we were going to have a full weekend, which would have been last weekend, that we would have been able to do our four shows. Because originally, I just wanted to do two shows, one show a night, Friday and Saturday. And then they were like, well, it makes more sense because of the way that we book out the room if you end up doing two shows. And so I was like, OK, we can do two shows, even though, like I said, I thought we should only do one each night. But whatever. I mean, like I was fine. I was flexible. We can make this work. And it will like doing two shows instead of one a night does give us more opportunities to make money. And so I'm fine with the way everything's going at that point. But the other thing was. We were going to be able to do a full weekend. Then we were going to have a week where we only had one day. So we would have three shows under our belt. And then Ralph was going to leave. And I was supposed to be in charge of everything for that week. And I was like, I don't really know that we're going to have it down like that. Plus, you're going to who knows where, Utah, to go do some show. And a lot of these shows that comics think they're doing, and I know this because I've been doing this for so long, are really glorified open mics. They're not making real money. It's not really worth it. You just want to feel like you're a comic by going on the road. And I get that, but at the same time, I'm so far removed from that part of my career. Even back then, I wasn't big on just going on the road, just to go on the road, just to feel like I'm doing something which is what I noticed with a lot of comics, Ralph included. They want to feel like they're doing more than they're doing when really they could stay stationary and actually be, in fact, doing more. And so that was something I kind of brought up to Ralph, and I was like, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea if we do it, if that's your plan. What I didn't realize is he also had a plan to be gone a week before. Now, because of the way we settled everything or when we settled everything, we basically had like three and a half weeks, not even a full month to promote the two shows. So I had a strategy and I was like, OK, so what we're going to do is we're going to stream this and we're going to sell this streaming and you push really hard on your end. I know he has a smaller fan base than I do. And so I was fine with the fact that he was going to bring in less money in that way than I was. And I knew that from the beginning and we had discussed that from the beginning. So facts are facts and that's just what it was. But I felt like if he works hard enough, because that's the kind of person that I am, if you work hard enough, I will make up what it is you lack. It's and I'm very comfortable in that position and that's something I've always done. So when it comes to that, I was fine with that, but I need you to work as hard as you can possibly work. And when you're talking about going to some open mic and then, you know, you have something else you're headlining in Redlands, California, which okay, whatever, but it's just like you're really seeming like you're just not wanting to really do stuff. And 
so I'm still keeping my mouth shut because it's like, all right, well, if you say you can do everything you're supposed to do and then we still do our thing, then it's fine. Or you still do your thing, then it's fine. I don't care about that because eventually, yeah, you will be able to go on the road or whatever. But I just think in the beginning, it's not the smartest idea. But like I said, if you're able to do both, then show me you can do both. But then he's in town and I'm in like Little Rock, Arkansas and doing the stuff that I have to do. And he's not doing the stuff he's supposed to do here. Instead, he goes out to the open mics to gloat to the comedians. And then the comedians fucking chop his balls off, put him in his pocket and send him on his way, which is what I know happened. Because here's the way it went. Like we're talking, we've got all these plans we got to start working on. I'm thinking about the way the idea can work. I'm on the phone with Stephen Roberts because Stephen Roberts... Okay, sorry about that. I had a little bit of a te- technical difficulty. But the thing with Stephen Roberts is Stephen Roberts is the kind of person that's like works in both worlds. Like he's really good at the creative part and he's also really good at the business part or at least when it comes to translating the things that I say from just being my messy creative self to sounding a bit more professional like you know if I come up with a bio and I run it by him he can reword it and he can make it sound more professional and so I really do lean on Stephen Roberts quite a bit and I've always leaned on him quite a bit in that way when it comes to us working on projects together and I'm also the kind of person that One of the problems me and Ralph had was Ralph was thinking it was going to be just me and him, which, yeah, that's great if you're doing everything that you're supposed to do and you're able to make up for the things that I can't do. But if you're not that guy, then we need to take on somebody that is that kind of person and have them stand in for us in that way. And then there's also my friend Dee who came out to help and she works for Tixer and she's really good with organizing things. She's also really good with putting together like deals and packages and stuff like that. So she was going to be great not only for marketing but sales and just in general really good at coming up with ideas with stuff like that. And she's been in stand-up like, you know, working in the comedy world for I want to say over 20 years. I mean, like D has real experience, you know, used to run the show and showroom at the Hollywood Improv, worked for t- uh, worked for Laugh Stub, which was handling all the ticketing for all of the improvs for a long time. She's really good with computers. Like there's so much that D brings to the table. And so Ralph started to let me know that he was getting insecure about all of the people that I had around me because he was feeling like they were going to think that he wasn't doing anything and they were going to push him out. And I also know that everybody that works with me, everybody that helps me out, trusts my judgment and knows that I'm, you know, going to be in charge in that way because it's, at the end of the day, it's my idea, it's my baby. And in a lot of these situations, I'm the one that is connected to the people that we're working with. Like when it comes to chanclas, I have a really good relationship with the people with chanclas. And then that's why we were doing it in the Thunderbird was because it was through the people at Chanclas that were helping me like figure everything out and making everything work on that end. And they were really great with me. Um, but like, that's my relationship with them. So there was no way that Ralph was going to get pushed out because I was going to allow Ralph to get pushed out. So that didn't have to be any kind of issue, but he had let me know that that was a thing for him. And when I really started to know that it wasn't probably going to work out was there was one night when I was in, 
I was in Little Rock. And so we're probably about two weeks out from having to do the show. Maybe a little less than two weeks out from having to do the show. And I'm really plugging away at selling the streaming. I'm hitting people up DM. And I, in order for me to do that, I do it through... Venmo like that's the way I do it and direct payments like that and so part of my motivation when I'm doing it is I'm hitting people up and I'll just hit people up and when I say that I'm not using any kind of automation for that I'm really not it's me sitting there repetitively copy and paste also adding a quick message if I know the person particularly close and in a lot of cases I do know people so I'll hit them up with a quick like personal part and then be like and get ready for the copy and paste and then I'll hit them with like the copy and paste that has all the details and while I'm doing that, you know, I'll send a bunch of them and then all of a sudden people will be, start hitting me up on my instant messenger, hitting me back. Bing, bing, bing. So I'm hearing like people and they're like, how do I pay? How do I get this? And so that's happening at the same time. And then my Venmo is going off at the same time. So I'm having to send them payment information or ways that they can pay me. And so it's like this whole system that I have that gets kind of messy in my head sometimes even when I'm doing it, but I just really plug away at it. And since I do have a history and data entry, it's like, for me, it's second nature to do these things, even though, like I said, it gets a little messy in my head and I'll do it until my eyes are buggy. There was one night that I thought Instant Messenger was going to suspend me because I did so many of them and there were so many coming back because my thing is, I just know that I have to raise money so we don't lose our shirts in this situation. Like the plan was to make it so we had already made money by the time the doors opened open so we didn't really have to worry about bringing people in because every single person that I talk to that runs any kind of shows and I do have a lot of friends that are in that world because I've done so many shows now they were all very generous with me and giving me information giving me pointers helping me out with the different things that I would just need to know if I'm doing this kind of situation and everybody knows that when I really decide I'm going to do something it's gonna turn out well because I'm going to make sure that it turns out well just like laughed out and I do admit Jocelyn and Stephen really, really, really were equal contributors when it came to laughed out. There was one part that was really my part and I dominated in that part because that was my part. But um, and also because that's the part I'm good at. And so I dominated in my particular part. But they also had their ways that they dominated, too. And so it was it was a very good relationship between the three of us for laughed out. And they also saw things the way I saw things, because I don't want things to be rinky dink. I don't want things to seem unprofessional. And there are certain corners you're going to have to cut in certain ways. But that doesn't mean it has to look like you cut corners. In some cases, it's just like it's not even cutting corners. It's just having to make compromises because it's like your budget is here and your wants are here and so you have to find the compromise between your wants and what your actual reality is so you don't again end up losing money or end up in a bad situation and then you want to be able to pay the talent that you're supposed to pay and you want to be able to pay the technical people what you're going to pay them and like you want everything to run that way and I already knew that from laughed out and so it was like and also because I used to produce shows when I was first starting out. Technically, that's kind of the way I started was I was, you know, really promoting my, my own shows. And then uh, Nick Cervantes, who I've talked about before, is a good friend of mine. He's the one that produced my first album. Like, really, he did produce my first album, even though, though he never gives himself credit like that. But he really did a lot of work for me. And he also showed me a lot when it came to promoting. 
And so Ralph was supposed to do like street team part of it, but he's also supposed to be hitting people up the same way I was, and he wasn't doing that. Instead, on that particular Wednesday, because each night after my shows at in Little Rock, I would go back to the condo that they put us in, the house that they put us in, um, the comic house, and while, you know, the feature's out doing what he's doing, because I was, worked with a guy named Eric Escobar, and Eric was really cool, but he's, like, a bit younger than I am, more of a party guy, and not in a bad way at all. It's not like it's a problem. It's not like it affected. He had great sets. He was cool. He's a good guy um, and professional guy. But, you know, a lot of comics like to blow off some steam and go party with the locals and stuff like that. So he would go do that, and then I'd be back at the room, like, doing my copy and pasting and hitting people up and like I said making money and then um when I'd go to the gym I would walk to the gym it was like a 30 minute walk each way to the gym and that whole time I'd be handling business stuff and then I'd be talking to people about different ideas and you know like I said the the people that run different shows were very generous with me and the information that they give me and the help that they give me and the advice that they give me and so you know and I'm very very open to that like I'm not the guy that's like well I want to do it this way and this is the way we like for me I'm so in touch with just like, okay, let's make this happen the way we need to make it happen. You tell me what I need to be doing, you know, and I'll take in that advice and I'll, you know, adapt to that. And so, um, anyway, so one night I'm doing this and it's like four, five in the morning, my time. Uh, yeah, probably closer to five. And Ralph was back here in Las Vegas and he hits me up on Messenger and is like, call me whenever you get a minute or call me whenever. And so I'm thinking he wants to talk about business. And I'm like, all right, cool. He wants to talk about the show. And if I'm working on a project like that, I'll talk to you about it at any hour you want to talk about it. As long as I'm awake, I'm down to talk about it. And so and if there's something that's super important and you have to wake me up, then wake me up and let's talk about it. So I was working on everything, but I was like, I can take a quick break and talk to Ralph and see what it is he has to say. And so I go ahead and respond. I give him a call and then he's like, like, I'm with Adam right now. Do you care if I'm talking to Adam while I, or sitting next to Adam while I'm talking to you? And I'm just like, Adam who? And then he's like, that's so funny. That's what I love about you is like you'll say stuff like that. And I was like, no, I really don't know which Adam you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. And I genuinely meant that because I'm just 100 percent in work mode right now. Like that's all I'm thinking about is work and making this money. That's all that's on my mind. And so he is like Adam Dominguez and I was like oh yeah I don't care about that like whatever and I was like what is it you wanted to talk to me about and he was like it's just you know there's some people that are really against you right now there's some people that are really against you like uh you know Brad Goldby and I was like Brad Goldby why would I fucking care about Gr Brad Goldby Brad Goldby shouldn't even care about Brad Goldby Brad Goldby is a non-issue did you interrupt me working to tell me what Brad Goldby thinks about me are there any other open micers you want to throw at me that have an opinion about me and to tell you the truth uh, I know most of you are like who is Brad Goldby Brad Goldby good question Brad Goldby doesn't matter Brad Goldby is a legit open micer beginner that doesn't matter isn't particularly funny isn't an issue on the Vegas comedy scene even like I don't even know why I'm being bothered with Brad Goldby's thoughts Brad Goldby 
uh, the last time I saw him, we gave each other a hug. We were friendly. We were cool. I like his girlfriend, Sarah. I didn't understand why Brad Goldby would have a problem with me, nor do I care because I know my relationship with Brad Goldby and it's not that deep. We haven't talked in at least, I want to say a month is the last time I saw him because I see him at some of the open mics. It's not like I don't know who he is, but we haven't had any problems. So I don't know why he would have any kind of problem with me and the fact that he does have any kind of problem with me only speaks to his psychosis and the fact that he's not mentally healthy because unless you're having arguments with me that I'm not a part of then we shouldn't have a problem and if you're pulling that shit that like oh I wasn't nice to one of your friends I don't give a fuck about that I'm not in school like that I don't care about who your friends are I mean like if you choose not to talk to me if you don't like me if you're against me which I don't even know what Brad Goolby being against me would entail like what he's talking badly about me i don't care even a little bit i really meant what i said brad Goldby shouldn't even care what brad Goldby thinks it's just a non-issue but i'm getting bothered by ralph about this and then he mentioned a couple of other names that i'm gonna leave out of it because i really don't know why he even brought these people to my attention the reason i bring up brad Goldby is because he mentioned him and then he was like don't go after brad Goldby now and i was like why would i go after brad Goldby? like even me talking right now is isn't me going after Brad Goldby. Brad Goldby is a non-issue altogether. Point, point blank, period. Full stop. Just a non-issue. I don't even know how that name got brought up. And like I said, I just bring it up to you guys to let you guys know the level of nobody that Ralph is actually caring about at this point. And the fact that I'm so in work mode right now that I wouldn't care if it was the president of the United States that was against me. I'm just in work mode right now. And I know that you guys know every once in a while I'll get in the shit and I'll be complaining about different things and talk about different people. And there was the trick situation and Jimmy Kimmel's sister and I, Bobby and Crystal. And I don't deny any of those things. But the thing that people should know about me is, yes, I will every once in a while play in the mud. I fully do admit that. But I also know for a fact from life experience that sometimes it's time to put your toys away and actually go to work. It's time to put your head down and not worry about what anybody is saying about you and accomplish what it is you're setting out to accomplish or you have set out to accomplish. So when he brought this up to me, I could tell that he cares about people that really don't matter. And that's fine if you want to do that. But at a point, I am going to get tired of you because I don't need you bringing negative energy to me when I'm in full on work mode. I don't care, like I said, about anybody at that point. Even Adam Dominguez. I've told you guys the story about Adam Dominguez. And I don't know where anybody gets that I hate Adam Dominguez or I don't like Adam Dominguez. Adam Dominguez is a non-issue. I don't think Adam Dominguez is professional. I don't think he conducts himself in a professional manner. So I choose not to deal with him. Adam Dominguez has feelings about that and tries to make it seem like I don't like him. But he doesn't really fully grasp that he's just not anything for me. Like I see him. I saw him tonight. I said nothing to him. I have nothing to say to him. Technically, I have nothing to say about him. It's just somebody else brought it up to me tonight where they were like, yeah, Adam Dominguez says you don't like him. And I'm like, yeah, I, it's not even that deep with Adam Dominguez either. I mean, I don't think people know what it looks like when I really don't like somebody. When I actively don't like somebody. Yeah, I mean, like if I there's nobody that I have those feelings about on this scene in that way. Even tricks, I don't 
actively dislike him. He's just a non-issue for me too. Like these people don't get, like they just become where they don't exist. So it's not about like not like or whatever. And whoever doesn't like me, they're free to not like me. I don't care. I don't need people to like me. That's the thing. I mean, like as far as just... Uh, yeah fans and comedy fans and stuff like that i'm cool with them because you know they're the people that really do make things happen they're the people that buy tickets they're the people that show up to shows and they're the people that are really good to me so why would i not be nice to them but like you know i'm just not desperate for people to like me all the time i don't live that kind of life where i'm constantly thinking about who does and doesn't like me and i began to see that this is something for ralph where he does want people to like him that's why he went out that night he had no business going it was just an open mic and he's talking about how he doesn't like open mics anyway but he went to that one to gloat and tell everybody he's one of the kings of las vegas and kind of put his stamp down and instead like i said they chopped his balls off put him in his pocket and sent him on his way and they did a good job of it you know because like he was on the phone trying to tell me about who doesn't like me and who's against us and we're still gonna make this happen and i was like there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to make happen what I need to make happen. Like none of these people are any kind of issue anyway. I mean, like even if you take somebody like that they think matters, like Ian Rainier, who's a open mic producer, like I don't care anything about Ian Rainier. Technically, I was open to working with Ian because he has sound and we needed sound. And so I told Ralph. Like, you know, I've had my problems with Ian, but if, you know, he wanted to just bury it and help us out and Ian wasn't open to that. And I didn't take that as a negative thing. You know, I didn't take that as like, oh, well, fuck Ian if he doesn't want to help us. I don't care. And then Ralph told me on that same phone conversation that he had told some of the comics there that Ty's going to be paying attention to who's not there and he's going to take note of it. And I was like, that's not my thinking at all. Like, really, I don't care if any of the comics don't show up because a lot of times comics aren't good audience. They'll sit in the back of the room and they'll talk. Some comics did show up to the show, and I'm very appreciative to them, or should I say shows, and I'm very appreciative to them because pretty much every comic that showed up to the shows behaved like a regular audience member. They sat in, like, seats, you know, and they bought drinks, and they were really audience, and I appreciate that, and that's something I'll do for people, too, when they're running a show. That's why I tell you guys sometimes I'm out at different shows because I'm there behaving like an audience member. I'm not a distraction in the back of the room. I'm actually watching the show, but just to have comics or just to have them and like I would pay attention to who is and isn't there. There's a million reasons that comics wouldn't show up to a show and they don't necessarily have to be that they don't like you or they're not in support of you. Sometimes comics won't show up to the show because they have a date because they've been doing a bunch of sets and they're just tired of stand up for the night because they're out of town because they're out of town working because they're working another club. It's like because they feel that it's more beneficial to go to an open mic then go watch a show, which isn't something that I would hold against anybody because that's something I've been guilty of before myself, which like I put guilty in quotes because it's nothing to be guilty of. That's what we're supposed to do as comics. If you have a night where you're like, I want to work on these jokes, there's an open mic going and you can either go watch a show or you can work on your stuff. Then I would say comic to comic that you should work on your stuff. And so... 
I was not at all in support of him speaking on my behalf in that way. And that's not something I ever need from anybody. And I see a lot of people trying to do that with me right now. And I do use unbothered in that way because I know a lot of the people that hear this stuff about me do pay attention to this podcast. I know the fact that I've mentioned names and I'm going to mention more names as I go through is going to make more people on the Vegas scene pay attention to this particular episode, even if they never admit that they actually watched or listened to the episode. I know that people are going to pay attention and they're going to hear me say with my own words that these aren't things that I care about. And if you think about it on the opposite side, there is no benefit to me lying to you guys about this because really I'm not lying in a way that makes me sound particularly good. Technically, the things I said make me sound more like an asshole than anything else. So there's really no benefit to me saying this other than it's just the truth. You know, it's just I don't care if people don't show up or if people don't want to pay attention or whatever. I mean, like, why? But I also don't need the person that's partnering with me telling me about what it is people said. And Adam Dominguez has, like, actively tried to, like, besmirch my name. And I, at first, that bothered me a bit. But now I'm getting to the point where I don't even care about that because the truth is the people that know me know me and the people that are above a certain level aren't thinking about any of the people that I've mentioned, whether it's Adam Dominguez, Brad Gulby, uh, any of uh, Ralph Tatella even. Like, these people just aren't a part of the world that I really do occupy, which I think sometimes people think I occupy the Las Vegas open mic scene, which, no, I just do sets on the open mic scene when I want to do sets. But even that I'm starting to do less and less. Like, the people that I talk to are all above that. So I don't really know why these things would factor in. And like I said, so all of it to me just really wasn't making sense. And when it came to Ralph and him talking about that, I was like, well, are you trying to work on this project? Are you trying to say a big fuck you to the open mic scene? Because that's not the point of me doing the things that I'm doing either. It's not to say fuck you to the open mic scene. For me, I'm just trying to elevate myself and make it so that I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. Like, that's what I'm doing is I'm just creating the future that I actually want to have for myself. That's my thinking. It's not anything to do with anybody else. You know, I'm like, it all is what it is. I, I don't know what it is people think that I, I mean, like, why would I try to live up to this idea of me when I know the real me? You know, there are certain people that I've chosen to cut off, that I've, chosen to cut off lately. That's the way to say that, right? But yeah, um, there are people that I've chosen to cut off, like Garrett Hall tonight, or earlier last night, I should say, because, you know, I've been up all night because I didn't wake up until, let me be honest, like 7 or 8 p.m. last night. That's when I woke up. And so, like, now it's 9 or 10 in the morning, and I've been awake for 12 hours. So I basically had a regular day. I'm going to stay up extra long today because I want to get my sleep schedule back on a more regular schedule but like I'm being so productive right now that I can't really say I'm not doing things the right way like right now I'm uploading the video because we weren't able to do the streaming which I'll get to in a minute but I'm uploading that video so that the people that bought the streaming will still have something that they can watch you know because that was the agreement that was the compromise when I wasn't able to do the streaming and so I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do last night I decided to cut off Garrett Hall and the reason I decided to cut off Garrett Hall was uh, I sent him a text message about it and just told him 
him like because I see him out every once in a while. And I've talked about Garrett Hall on the podcast before. I've always been very complimentary about the fact that he is a hard worker and he does is professional and we would work together. And that's all great and it's fine. But what bothered me with Garrett Hall is I don't think he realizes the extent that I've gone to bat for him in different situations. There are different places that I tried to get him in where they were a little bit hesitant about having him, and I argued on his behalf. And in two of them, I didn't win. You know, it was just like they said no, and I just had to take it at a no, and that's what it was. But I really did go to bat for him hardcore, and it did get a little bit elevated, but I really did believe in him and I really wanted him in that spot. Then there was also a point where a comic that's much further along and, you know, better with delivery and stuff like that. And this isn't me being insulting. It's just what it is. This comic really is a little bit of a beast, if you ask me. Um, I really respect this comic. I like him. And he had parallel thinking and he did one of Garrett Hall's jokes, which I truly do know was parallel thinking. This isn't the kind of comic that would be stealing jokes. But I told him and, you know, really, I could have just minded my business and let this beast of a comic uh, or beastier comic um, take Garrett's joke because that's what would have happened and this is one of Garrett's and Garrett's newer and this isn't an insult It's just what it is, you know Garrett's newer So when you're newer you have less material So if somebody takes your stuff It really does mean more than if you've been at it for a while and you're like Oh, I can just throw that joke out and it's one of his jokes. It does do better Like I said, we've done the road quite a bit together and I've seen the way the joke does and the joke does well It's one of his good jokes and so when I saw this other comic doing his joke I just approached him and I was very cool about it, but I was just like, just so you know, you're doing uh, a joke that a guy already does here on the scene. His name's Garrett Hall. And, you know, like I and I was cool about it. And the guy was like, oh, I hadn't even realized that. And he was like, yeah, well, I don't want to be that guy. So if you're saying somebody's already done it because, you know, me and this comic have a good relationship. So he respects me and he knows that I'm not trying to be shitty with him or anything like that. And that's not the way I came at it. But I did have Garrett's best interest in mind when I did that. And so if I'm that kind of friend, and then what Garrett has been doing lately is people have been running my name through the mud, which like I said, I'm not going to care about anymore. That's just going to be what it is. Because when you don't have control over something and you try to make it an actual issue, it's like all you're going to do is drive yourself crazy because really, what do you think supposed to happen anyway? So anyway... Um, so anyway, uh, what I was trying to get at is I've really gone to bat for Garrett and people have been dragging my name through the mud and Garrett at no point has stood up and said like, this is the deal or I know Ty and he's not what you guys are describing. And so I was being cool about that. Then one night I'm at the artisan and I meet Garrett's new girlfriend and I gave her a hug just to be welcoming of her because, you know, I know that maybe that's his girlfriend or that's a girl he's spending time with and I want her to feel comfortable and I know that I do have a little bit of status and whether people try to talk shit or whatever else the truth is everybody knows when I go out I do have a bit of status and so um and if you don't know that you're fucking lying to yourself anyway so I give her a hug just to make her feel welcome and then she starts going to this thing like oh my god you're like my Diaz and I'm Gen Z and the fact that you're even on Facebook and I'm like why am I listening to this girl that I don't care anything about about I was just trying to be nice to her and make her feel welcome and now she's telling me that I'm like her tias and that I have all this drama and Garrett's always telling me about your drama bitch I'm not having drama 
It's not about drama. Like when somebody takes your material, that's not drama because that's what I was going through was a trick situation. That's just not drama. That's the actual tools that you use for what it is you do. Garrett is a helicopter pilot. Garrett, or excuse me, Garrett's not a helicopter pilot. He's a helicopter mechanic. So if somebody was stealing his tools and he was pissed off, and I know that the military, because, you know, he's in the military, pays for those tools or whatever, but, like, say he had his own shit and somebody was stealing his shit and then he was like, oh, no, you're not going to be able to steal my shit because this is the shit I use to work. Then is that drama or is that you protecting what it is, the tools that you use for your daily work. This is my daily work. I know for other people this may be a hobby or something they do on the side, but for me this is actually what I do. So I'm having to listen to the this the opinions of this person which really if it was somebody I was dating, I would have right away stopped them and been like, "Oh, this is where you're kind of out of your depth." And yeah, maybe we talk about that at home and that's the way we talk about it there, but this doesn't get brought out to this comic that's actually been doing this for 18 years, especially when I'm a newbie and this person has gone out of their way to help me out, including when we go on the road. There were times where, you know, I was having a little bit of uh, situations with the bookers, which one booker I will always be friends with that I said and has been very good to me. But just we had a few discrepancies because of the way that the travel worked out in the hotels. And I told Garrett not to worry about anything. I guarantee your money when I'm on the road with you. And it's not a lot of money that Garrett had gone out with me for, but I made it so he didn't have to worry about that even a little bit. I was like, yeah, we're having this thing between us, but I want you to know. And I had this conversation with him in so many words where I was like, but I want you to know that this is nothing for you to worry about. You're going to get paid what it is you are going to get paid no matter how this situation shakes out. Turns out I got taken care of. Garrett got taken care of. I ended up kicking a little just to make sure Garrett stayed even the way he was supposed to, which meant I got a little less. But I was fine with that because it was keeping my word good and it was making sure that I took care of the guy that came out with me. So when I'm that kind of comic and then you have your girlfriend talking sideways, which is one thing, and then you um, don't come to my defense at any point in any situation, which that night we talked about it and he was like, he was like, I know you're not like that. I know you're not like what you're saying. And I'm like telling me that isn't when it matters, like telling other people that and making sure that this doesn't become the narrative that people are trying to push on me. That's what would be important right now. But he just didn't see that. So he didn't choose to step up at any point. And the reason he didn't do that was because it's not the popular thing to do right now, which if you think about it, Garrett being where he at, he is in comedy. I mean, like he's basically an open micer. Yeah, he does some stuff here and there, but I know he probably thinks he's more of a comic, but he's basically an open micer. And again, this isn't me being shady. This is just what it really is. And so with Garrett being an open micer, it's never been the popular thing for me to stand up for him or take up for him. Really, in the world of stand up, he doesn't matter. So if we're going off of what's popular, then I should have never been helping you out to begin with. So the fact that I've actually been helping you out, trying to get you ahead, trying to get you different spots, trying to get you to feature different places, like to me, that's what should help happen to you more or should matter to you more, especially when you know that I'm not what it is people are describing. But at no point does he choose to jump in and at least let that be known. 
Then there's also times where people have posted negative things about me. And this, again, is where maybe some of the people were happy to share this with me just because it it was what it was. And some people were looking out for my best interest because some people were like, well, this person claims to be your friend, but here are these negative posts about you and here he is liking them. And I was just like, like that did bother me because, you know, it's like, well, now you're liking negative stuff about me when we're actually supposed to be friends Like that doesn't seem like what friends do. So if I'm the kind of friend that goes to bat for you, make sure your jokes don't get taken by comics that are more established than you are and also tries to make your girlfriend feel welcome in a what can feel like an unwelcoming situation when you're not a comedian, then I feel like. If I'm that friend and you don't give a fuck about me and will even like negative posts about me, then we're not really in an equal friendship and I don't know why I would want to be friends with you. Does that make sense? Because to me, that in a lot of cases is what where low self-esteem comes from, you know, is when you let people treat you however they want to treat you, talk to you however they want to talk to you. Like that's when you start like hurting yourself because then you're doing for people that aren't doing for you and you're treating people as if they're above you that maybe in some cases aren't even on your same level when it comes to what it is you're doing and not even on your same level when it comes to being a friend. So rather than have any kind of drama with him, which like if you think that me talking about this is drama, then I guess this is drama. But to me, it's not. It's just honestly letting people know where I'm at. And hopefully some of these people will avoid that falling into the same trap because like I'm just going to keep moving no matter what happens. Like nobody matters to me even a little bit. I mean, like I have the friends that I have that I've been friends with for ever now And those people I know aren't going anywhere. And so for me, it's like these smaller relationships that haven't been treating me the way that they should be treating me aren't going to be an issue for me. You know, that's not going to be a thing where it's like, oh, this person is, you know, said this now. Well, why would I want to be around this person? This person doesn't like you and said this. And then your friend so-and-so decided to go like the post and still talks to them. And it's like, all right, well, cool. Then you continue to talk to them. You know, that's one thing I told Ralph when it came to Adam Dominguez. Like, Adam Dominguez does drop my name a lot as far as in a negative way. And so, it's like okay well if I'm trying to help you get off the open mic scene because really as far as comedy goes even just as far as like raw talent um when it comes to Ralph Tatella he really shouldn't be on a show with me anyway especially like a regular cast member on a show with me anyway but the way I saw it was if he was willing to work hard on the idea which the original idea was or Kings of Las Vegas which you know I'm the one that came up with the name. And, you know, if I'm going to allow Ralph to be one of the kings of Las Vegas, I get that as far as comedy goes, he's not really a king of Las Vegas. And so I'm going to have to help him build up and help him get his material together a little better. And when we went to El Paso, he did respectably well. He didn't kill it at any particular point. It was just okay sets. And he didn't do his full time. And And I, like, that's where I fall short sometimes is because I will to encourage people I'll let them think that they've done better than they've done 
you know, like Ralph would ask me, you know, or say that he did his full time, but I time every set. And the most that Ralph ever did was 26 minutes. I think one show he did closer to 27, like 2649 or something like that. But I time every show just because I always do it that way because then I know if I can go to the bathroom or whatever like that. But at no point was he able to do the full half hour. Garrett, every time we went on the road, was able to do his full half hour. That's what I'll tell you. Or whatever his set was, if it was 20, he did 20. If it was 30, he did 30. Garrett has always been able to do his full time, and that's just what it is. And Garrett is a decent comic. He's newer, and like I said, he doesn't have the most material or whatever. He's talked about getting rid of his material, which I think is a mistake at his point. I feel like he should really hone the material he has and the material he's not working or that's not really the best or the strongest. Maybe he can get rid of him put stronger ideas in there but I don't think he should get rid of his entire set the way he indicated he was when he was you know doing what's it called another thing some people got mad at him about and I stood up for him on was when he did the Las Vegas's back post because a lot of people were mad when he posted Las Vegas comedy is back or stand up in Las Vegas is back and like I mean like I did one of the first shows after the shutdown or you know when we were first allowed to do shows before the shutdown was even officially over when we could just technically get away with doing shows I did not one of the first shows I did the first show probably the first show in the country to be honest that was full-on stand-up even though Dave Chappelle takes that claim Dave Chappelle is bigger he's more well-known so people are going to believe that but the truth is I did a show before he announced his and so the truth is um, when Garrett came on a couple months later, several months later, and was like, Vegas stand up is back. People were mad at him. And I was like, you know, yeah, maybe go a little bit easy on him because I saw that post and I know what you're talking about. But at the same time, you know, it is what it is. And um, so, yeah. So, you know, when it comes to that, it's like, I wouldn't want to be friends with anybody that doesn't have my back. Like that, that was your chance to show that you had my back and you didn't have my back. So why would I want to say hi to you? Why would I want to be nice to when I, nice to you when I see you in public? That doesn't mean that I'm going to try to hurt your chances of getting booked anywhere. I hope you get booked as much as possible and I hope your career continues to progress and it, like you know I'm not the guy that's getting mad at people even Adam Dominguez I don't try to get him taken off shows or tricks I don't try to get him taken off shows like none of these people I don't try to get them taken off shows because the way I see it is the time that I would spend trying to get these people taken off shows would be time that I would be taken taking away from um me progressing so that I don't have to see these people like if I don't want to be around them I don't want to see them all I have to do is elevate myself to the point where I don't see them anymore like that's for me the the better way to do it you know there was one point where I did get pissed off at Adam through text and I told him that you know I was gonna fuck up what he had going but luckily I did acid that's when I did acid shortly after and I decided not to like burn it all down the way I was going to burn it down for them. Cause there was like, I don't think people understand. Like you look at my body, you look at, and I don't mean that in a, like a vain way. I just mean like, look at the kinds of things that I do with my body. If you follow me on Instagram, do you know what kind of discipline it takes to do that? Look at the way that I, because when everything turned out with the situation with the Thunderbird, with me doing my shows, look at the way people showed up. That was all me doing that. Like, yeah, I'm very grateful to the friends that shared it 
and stuff like that because what happened was I went through different points because then Ralph dropped out like seven days, no, nine days before we were supposed to do the show. Ralph hits me up because, and like he made it so when he was talking to me, he said that it was because, you know, he thought my vision was different because I had changed the idea to tie Rivera Cabaret, but that hadn't been fully decided yet. It was just something we were working on. I had a graphic made up for it because it was something we were talking about because it was better for marketing and I'm good looking at everything in just a marketing point of view at that point because I was like okay whatever we need to do to get people in these doors also like I like the idea of something other than just a traditional stand-up show and so there were several reasons that we decided to do that and I think that made Ralph even more insecure so he told me that that was the reason well little does he <laughs> 